For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Are you ready to change your life in the next 30 minutes? It's time for Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. Get your notebooks ready. He's about to go in. Five, four, three, two, one. Coach Mark, let's go. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. This is Coach Mark, and you're listening to Power in a Half Hour. In the next 30 minutes, we're going to learn the tips, tricks, and techniques of the rich and the super successful. I hope you guys are ready for today's show. So the quote I'm going to start today's show with is, do or do not, there is no try. And that's from the Jedi Master Yoda from Star Wars. For those of you that have watched any of the Star Wars uh, trilogy, all right? To, the title of today's show is Stop Trying and Start Doing. All right? Stop trying and start doing. All righty? Let's go ahead and get started. Profile number one, L. Kaplan. Now, L is the founder and CEO of Lex Ion Capital, a money management firm that handles over $100 million for, for more than 55 families. L grew up in a middle-class family in the Midwest as her father was a lawyer and her mom was a stay-at-home mother. While in college, her father fell into a coma and her mother would sit at the kitchen table crying about how overwhelmed she was with the finances as she didn't know where anything was. She felt awful and wanted to help her mother, so she began reading and learning everything that she could about financial management and investing. What she learned was that Wall Street was a buyer beware world. There's a lot of sharks on Wall Street. Brokers operated like pharmaceutical salespeople. No disrespect to any pharmaceutical salespeople. They could recommend anything and it didn't have to be in your best interest. They just would recommend whatever they are selling. Elle then learned something else that would change her life. Certain investment advisors Advisors must act like doctors in accordance with something called the fiduciary standard. When she finished college, she set off for New York with plans to one day open up a fiduciary firm that could help women like her mom. So she saved up $200, not $2,000 and not $20,000. She saved up $200 and slept on the floor of her mom's friend's apartment in Westchester, New York. Elle would take the train into the city to work at temp agencies while trying to find a job. But nobody would interview her as the people were discouraging her by because she had no internships or no background in finance. Elle finally got an opportunity as she was called to interview as a receptionist for the Beacon Group, which was a financial services company. She ended up getting a job as an analyst. Elle was terrified at first as most of her co-workers went to top schools such as Princeton and Harvard and wore fancy expensive clothes while she shopped at discount stores. In the beginning, she would work full time as she went back to school for her MBA. Elle didn't have much time for friends, dating, cooking meals or barely sleeping. She was sacrificing. She was putting that work in. And I'm telling you, it paid off. 
This was the training that she needed to eventually launch her own firm. Elle quit her job in October 2010 and started Lex Ion. The day she launched her company, she emailed prospective clients at 2 p.m. And by 5 p.m., she heard back from everyone that she emailed and they all wanted to join her. She had so much success at the end of that day that she stopped accepting clients for the next six months in her first day. In her first day. That is absolutely amazing. Elle owns 100% of the company and has never taken any outside funding. Elle plans to teach other women how to think like entrepreneurs, whether they're building a team with a firm or creating their own company. Lex Ion is the only 100% women-owned asset management firm in the United States. Amazing story. Profile number two, Kat Cole. Now, Kat is a former Hooters waitress that was also a college dropout that eventually became the president of Cinnabon. Kat is now the group president of Cinnabon's parent company, Focus Brands, overseeing companies such as Ani Ants, that's that pretzel company in the mall, Carvel, McAllister's Deli, and Schlotsky's Deli. Kat didn't just easily land this position. She worked extremely hard over the last 20 years to get to where she's at today. At age 15, she started working in a gym cleaning equipment. At age 16, she started selling clothes in a small store in the mall, becoming one of the top salespeople in the company. When she turned 17, she became a Hooters hostess and kept all three jobs until she turned 18 and became a Hooters girl. This girl was a hard worker. She had incredible work ethic. Now, she made enough income as a Hooters girl that she was able to quit the other jobs at a Ho- as a as a Hooters girl, she would make $300 a day on the weekends and set the record for the most consecutive days where she would work from the opening shift to the closing shift. She did this for 21 straight days. Now, being very helpful created opportunities for Kat. When the cooks quit, she would go into the kitchen and help finish cooking. And when the bartender needed a hand, she would jump in and help. She wasn't one of those people that said, you know what, I'm not doing it. It's not in my job description. You guys are not paying me to do this, right? She tried to learn everything, and guess what? It paid off big time for her, all right? When she was 19, her general manager came with the opportunity for her to go to Australia to work at the first Hooters opening in that country. Now, they were looking for the best employees who knew how to work every job in the restaurant. She didn't get paid any extra to learn how to cook. She didn't get paid any extra to become a bartender, but she was wise enough to say, you know what? Let me learn how to do everything. So they need me, right? And like I said, it paid off for her big time. She went to Australia, and by the age of 20, she was running all employee training for the company. She would travel to different countries every week, and in her 15 years at Hooters, Kat learned a lot that helped to make her a better leader. In 2009, She became the president of Cinnabon during a time that the business wasn't doing well. Kat was able to guide Cinnabon to hit the billion-dollar mark in sales. An amazing story. Look at her work ethic. Look at her work ethic. That's why at age 35, she's where she's at today. Profile number three, Jean Brownhill Lawyer. Now, Jean is the founder of a Brooklyn-based company called Sweeten, which is a startup that connects home renovators with vetted contractors. 
Because of Jean's experiences growing up, she learned to be resilient. We talk about this word all the time. She grew up in a neighborhood that had crack houses down the street from her house. For most of the people, when doors of opportunity weren't open, they would give up. Jean would look for the window, then the fire escape. Then she would climb the roof and even go down the chimney. She was not going to quit. And I'm telling you right now, if you plan to be successful, you got to learn how to be resilient, right? So many people, just because the jaw is pushed shut, they're ready to quit. Nah, you got to go through the window. You got to go through the chimney. You got to go through any kind of way to get in or to get out if that's what you need to do. Now, when it was time for college, not having any money for college, Jean's mother found a school in the College for Dummies book that was free. After she graduated, she went to work for one of her college deans that had a small architectural firm. Now, Jean got a huge amount of responsibility, especially for someone who just graduated, but she was fearless and she accepted it. She then went on to become a draft person at Coach, working in the global architectural department. Jean always wanted to do something more entrepreneurial, and one day after finding out that a young man in her department was making $40,000 a year more than her, even though she was a senior manager and he was just a manager, she said that is the last straw. Now, while renovating her her home in Brooklyn, New York, she found it hard to find a good general contractor. This led her to launch Sweeten, which is a contractor locator service. Jean launched Sweeten in 2012 after finishing a fellowship. For the first year and a half, Sweeten was doing smaller jobs with a $2,000 average project size. Once they got picked up by the New Yorker magazine as the best contractor locator, they deemed they didn't, the demand went through the roof. Sweeten now has over 20 employees and has raised over $4.3 million in funding. They have completed 500 major renovations and currently feature $300 million of projects on their website. Three amazing stories of three amazing women. Hope you guys are paying attention. Every single week, I'm bringing you guys stories of three people that started out just like you or probably in a worse situation than you that are overcoming their obstacles and becoming very successful. Right. I've probably done this for the last 40 weeks. So over 100 people that have these amazing stories. And I'm telling you this, if they can do it, why can't you? If they can do it, why can't you? Now, most of us do not realize how powerful our words are. When we speak them, they don't just come out of our mouths and disappear in the air. Our words program our actions. Let me repeat that. Our words program our actions. They become a part of our self-talk vocabulary. We usually say what we believe, and we always end up believing what we continually say. There are certain words that we need to eliminate from our vocabulary. These words have a profound impact on our our effectiveness and the speed at which we will achieve our success. By eliminating these words, it will help us to succeed faster with a lot less struggle. One of the most destructive words that we use is the word try. Let me say that again. One of the most destructive words that we use is the word try. Now, if you've ever watched the movie Star Wars, Master Yoda teaches Luke Skywalker a very important lesson. 
There is no try. Do or do not. Now, what Yoda meant by this is that there's no state of trying. You can't try to pick up a stick. You either pick up the stick or you don't. There's nothing in between. When you use the word try, you are subconsciously giving yourself a way out if you fail. For example, you might say, I will try to go to the gym tomorrow morning. And if whatever reason you don't, you will usually follow it up with something like, well, I tried, but I didn't make it. Now, I can attest to that. I've done that many times. Not anymore. At this point, we need to be honest with ourselves. Did we really try our best? Most times, if we can be honest with ourselves, we realize that we really didn't. When we try our best, we are usually not performing at 100% of our capabilities. By using the word try, we are telling ourselves and those that we are speaking to that we don't really believe that we can accomplish the task and that we don't really believe in ourselves. And we know that belief is everything. When we eliminate that word, we tell ourselves that failure is not an option. Let me say that again. When we, t- when we eliminate that word, we tell ourselves that failure is not an option. We need to start saying, I will go to the gym tomorrow. I will get that project done by this Friday. Now, here are five ways, four ways that using the word try sets us up for failure and how we can replace try to set us up for success. Number one, try invokes passivity. Do commands action. Let me say that again. Try invokes passivity. Do commands action. People who use the word try are often very passive. They tend to have a victim-like mentality. Instead of believing that they can create their ideal life, they tend to look at all the reasons why they can't change. They will look at a long list of tries and failures and point to that as evidence that they don't have the ability to be or do anything more. If they would just simply block out the word try and change that word to do, their list wouldn't exist. What usually happens is that the challenges end up becoming their excuses and reasons why it's just too hard. Then they comfort themselves by saying, well, I gave it a good try. People that use the word do realize that obstacles are part of accomplishing anything great. Let me repeat that. People that use the word do realize that obstacles are part of accomplishing anything great. They embrace hard work without factoring in the possibility of failure. Failure cannot be an option. They understand that failure is just giving up. Now, since doers don't plan to give up, any challenge or rollback is just a temporary setback. Number two, try offers hesitancy. Do conveys commitment. This is very important. Have you ever asked a friend to go somewhere with you and they said, I will try to come? Now, you probably didn't count on that person. When someone says they will try, it usually means that your request isn't something that they will put aside all other plans to pursue. The word try has become a very easy way to say no without actually saying no. It's a cop-out word that people use to get out of the uncomfortable situation of just saying no. However, if that same person says, yes, I will come with you, what time do you want me to meet you? You know that they're coming. This This statement shows that they're committed and will take action to follow through on going with you. Number three, try factors in failure. 
do envisions the end goal. Now, when people are up against a tough challenge that they are unsure that they can accomplish, they tend to lean on the word try. If they say that they will try to quit smoking, that usually means that if they fail, they've already set up the expectation that they would. Therefore, when they do, no one is too disappointed. Most times it's because they are afraid that they will not only let themselves down, but others down if they give a more firm commitment. When they factor in failure to the equation, they are giving themselves a way to continue to resist change. Instead of saying, I will try to quit smoking, say, I am now a non-smoker. I've had my last cigarette. This will show that this person is embracing change instead of looking at change from a distance. Doing this allows them to already be who they want to be in their mind. And once we become what we desire in our minds, that's the first step to actually becoming it. Number four, try is self-sabotage, do is self-respect. Now, because of the fear of failure and discomfort of pushing themselves, most people don't set the bar very high. This is like when someone struggles to take a step, but they have the potential to run. And I see this every single day. People are so afraid to get up and take a step when I know that they can run a marathon. Now, when someone says that they will try, they're telling everyone that's listening that they don't respect themselves enough to believe in their own ability to change. Parents don't ever say, I will try to teach my kids to walk or I'll try to teach my kids to talk. No, they don't do that. They respect their kids enough to know that as they grow older, they will learn to do these things. They say things like, I can't wait for Johnny to be able to walk because I won't have to pick him up anymore. Or when Johnny learns how to talk, he will be able to tell me why he's crying. They talk about a coming event like it's certain, right? Even if there are a few setbacks, eventually Johnny will learn how to walk and talk. Failure is not an option. Talk about your goals like they are certain to happen. Now, what trying does is gives us the illusion of commitment without the responsibility of it. When we say we're trying, it makes us feel that we are making progress and that we are on the way to accomplishing our goal. But in all honesty, we are no closer to what we want than we were before. Quite simply, we do what we must, not what we should. Let me repeat this. We do what we must, not what we should. Try is a should. When we allow ourselves to become fooled by the illusions of commitment, we lose the accountability that comes when we take responsibility. Now, with the illusion of commitment, there is no internal or external pressure to stay the course, and then there's no emotional commitment. When there is no emotional commitment, there is nothing to lose. When there is nothing at risk, there is no reward. Eventually, we give up and accept the cons- consolation of knowing that we tried. We'll say, well, at least I tried. Nah, we really didn't do much. So now it's time to get rid of our shoulds and tries and then turn them into musts. It's time for action. So step one, think of one thing that you have been making a should that needs to be a must. Now, I'm sure that we can all come up with something that we can turn from a should to a must. Step number two, decide how to make this a must. Now, do you need to get a coach or a trainer or an accountability partner? Ask people that you respect if you could be accountable to them. You must 
make it a must. Let me repeat that. You must make it a must. Step number three, identify what you achieve emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and physically by committing to this must. Step number four, create an action list. And step number five, determine the first step that you need to take. Keep it simple and do it within the next 24 hours. Let me repeat this list again because this is very important. I want everybody that's listening to this right now to do this. Step number one, think of one thing that you've been making a should that needs to be a must. I know for a fact that every single one of us has something that we've been saying that, you know what, we should do this or we need to do this or we're going to try to do this, but we need to turn that into a must. Like we must do this. We will do this. We have to do this. Step number two, decide how to make this a must. Figure out, do you need a coach? Do you need a trainer? Do you need an accountability partner? And ask people that you respect if you could be accountable to them. You must make this a must. Step number three, identify what you achieve emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and physically by committing to this must. What is your motivation? Why do you want to make this a must? And step number four, create an action list. Sit down and figure out all the things that you are going to need to do. And if you don't know all the things, write down as many of them that you know. And step number five, determine the first step Keep it simple and commit to doing it within the next 24 hours. So you're not going to try to do it. You are going to do it. All right. All right. All right. Well, that's all that I have for you on today's show. I just want to remind you that if you ever want to go back and re-listen to any of my old shows or the live versions of any of my calls, you can go to www.powerhh.com. That's www.powerhh.com. Or if you're here in the United States or can call the United States, feel free to call in to my live show every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The call-in number is 404-793-7050, all right? If we're not friends on Facebook, find me on Facebook. My name on Facebook is Mark Starr, and I have a few different profiles, so make sure you find the one where I'm holding up two books, all right? And we also have a Power and a Half Hour Facebook group. I would love to have you in that group, so send a request so we can go ahead and add you to that group. All right. I have a daily message service called Be Better Daily, and it sends you out an inspirational, motivational message every single morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and on the weekends at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And to receive those text messages for free, all you have to do is text BBD to 411247. That's 41247. All right. I know you guys know three people that should have heard this show. So please go ahead and share that with three of your friends. Sharing is caring. And the last thing before we get out of here is um, if you have not downloaded my book yet, please go ahead and uh, download it for absolutely free. www.repeataftermebook.com. And the quote that I'm going to end today's show with is just do it. And that comes from Nike, the famous shoemaker. Thank you, guys. And until next show.
Thanks for listening to Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. To listen or re-listen, go to powerinahalfhour.com. Follow Coach Mark on Instagram and Twitter at Coach Mark Speaks. Find Coach Mark on Facebook by searching for Mark Starr. Like our Facebook fan page, Power in a Half Hour, and join our Power in a Half Hour Facebook group. See you next week. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. It's here, it's hot, and it's a must-read. It's the science behind The Law of Attraction magazine. Every issue brings you great articles and in-depth how-tos from all your favorite Law of Attraction experts, authors, scientists, and medical professionals. Go to lawofattractionmagazine.net that's law of attraction magazine.net I'm at the nail salon. What? I'm at the grocery store. What? I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Wait, she's at the nail salon and the grocery store? I'm at the combination nail salon and grocery store. Groceries through Instacart delivered to my door. I don't have to choose between acrylics and the grocery store.